feet. Knocks off number one, Indiana. Brent Spillane continues to be the hottest thing in college baseball. The Illini win it over Ohio State, 28 to 21 at the Horseshoe in Columbus. Darren for the tie. He got it. Oh, he got it. 80-80. Welcome to Oski Talk with Patrick Catazone and Anthony Pasquale live today, finally together in the Evans Scholar House. Anthony, thank you for letting me stop by. Yeah, anytime. It's good to finally be talking with you instead of over the phone. Yeah. It's a new chapter of Oski Talk. I'm excited to get everything rolling, especially now that we're back on campus, able to uh, have more access to some of the sporting events and people on campus, and I'm looking forward to getting it all rolling with you. Yeah, and finally, uh, school is starting. It starts tomorrow, actually. So as you're listening to this, I will be in Political Science 100 in all likelihood, unless I get rid of that class <laughs> real quick tonight. Uh, we'll see. And I'll be at the new Smith Center talking to lovely Lovey and getting a preview on Akron and the rest of this football season that is yet to be. So yeah, a lot of good things coming for Oski Talk and for Illinois Athletics. Absolutely. So let's get started with the uh, the biggest news and. Uh, Brandon Peters being announced quarterback of the Illini. I feel like both you and I thought this was going to happen. Yeah, we, we kind of expected this the whole time. He seemed, at least experience and maturity-wise, the, the best bet the whole time. Um, Isaiah Williams is definitely going to get his shot, and he's a young, very good-looking quarterback at the moment. But it's Brandon Peters' job, and it's his job to lose right now. And I'm looking forward to see what he can do for Lovey Smith, Rod Smith, and the Illini this year. And I know he's got the Michigan game circled on his calendar, so that should be a lot of fun too. Yeah, that game's going to be in Champaign too. you got to think of like what a, what a perfect setup for that game, mm-hmm. him in Champaign against his team coming through. So uh, it'll be a fun one for him and a fun one for us too. Hopefully that game is a night game. That's the one thing I want. Yeah. I want a Sunday or Saturday night game against Michigan. And I want to stay close. I mean, if we win or lose that, obviously I'd rather win, but as long as it stays close, that'll be so fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he brings a lot to the table. I think he, like you said, experience is one of them. Also, um, you got to think his throwing ability is going to be is better than Isaiah Williams. We knew that from the start. Right. His running ability might not be there quite yet, but it's getting better. Yeah, and- don't sleep on his legs. He's more athletic than he's getting credit for. Right. And um, like I said, leaving a, a bigger program like Michigan, he's going to have a lot to prove this year. So I'm, I'm just excited to see how he can perform, especially since the schedule starts with three kind of lighter teams before they're right into the Big Ten. So that should give him enough room to kind of get his feet under him and, and really start to perform for Illinois. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll see how he does in this Akron game coming up this week, and we'll preview that game uh, on our next episode on Thursday. Uh, some other news, the Henry Dale and Betty Smith Center, uh, football center, is, is officially done, and I know you're gonna you're going tomorrow to go check it out, and mm-hmm. that's what we'll be doing actually while you guys are listening is checking it out. We'll, we'll, we'll send some Twitter stuff and uh, do that, but how awesome is this place based, based on what you've seen on Twitter already and um, everything else? Well, I mean... They have a barber shop in there. Like, that was the first thing I saw that kind of just drew me to it. It's like, wow, this is, that facility is top notch. And I was reading an article that said it's, it's better than like half of the NFL stadium facilities. It is so 
state-of-the-art and above the majority of college programs. And Illinois is so lucky to have this facility. And I really think it, it makes them feel like finally like we belong almost. You know what I mean? Like they, they have a facility. Everything around them is nice, state-of-the-art. They have the best equipment to go from. And it can only look up for this Illini team. I'm really excited to see if this facility can almost be the stepping stone to becoming a, a powerhouse program. Yeah, and you think, like, this is, like, some SEC stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we'll be able to hopefully fight with even, like, our rival Mizzou, right? Because that St. Louis area now is a huge battleground. Do you think there's the SEC teams are all trying to get St. Louis kids now, specifically training Catholic kids? Yeah. This just helps that that much more. Uh, on top of that, hopefully this helps the Chicago uh, recruiting which area. Is, which is, like, Lovey rakes down in St. Louis, but he really struggles with the Chicago kids, which to me is completely puzzling because he was the head coach of the football team in your town when you were growing up. How do you not want to play for this guy is my first thought. But right. he, he has struggled getting recruits from Chicago, and there are so many good options that Illinois is letting walk to, whether it's Northwestern, Wisconsin, wherever they end up going. And it's not helping the orange and blue. So hopefully this huge state-of-the-art facility that I cannot wait to be checking out while you guys are listening to this helps Illinois get better in the long run. And and I'm excited and hopeful that that it will. Yeah, me as well. And and I really hope that uh, um, it it just adds that much more to recruiting. But other than that, I think for the players right now, it's important too. You think like some of these guys have really been through – some rough times at, at U of I here, and, and this just puts a, puts makes it a little bit better. Yeah, and, and you mentioned recruiting, and I don't think, I don't know if it had such an impact right away, but almost two, three days after they announced it, the Illini pull in another four-star recruit in James Frenchy. So right. more recruiting, more guys coming in to play for Lovey Smith and play for this Illini team is always encouraging no matter what the circumstances are. Yeah, absolutely. Good good way to talk about our next seven, James Frenchie. I think what a great well, first of all, what a great pickup. I agree. Trinity Catholic guy, St. Louis guy, like Corey Patterson is still raking his guys. The one thing I will say is I don't think Jadon Thompson will now. I think he'll decommit. I don't don't quote me on this. Oh this is just me rumoring it but considering he's also a four-star guy from Chicago at wide receiver I feel like this was kind of like it's one or the other guy and I think they chose the other one James Frenchie over Jadon Thompson yeah Frenchie has a little bit more experience obviously he's a little bit older but there's definitely I personally think there's definitely room for both of them for Illinois in the future especially since you know Peters is more of a, a throw-the-ball kind of guy, and I think that's kind of what Isaiah Williams is going to turn into. So maybe maybe Illinois can use Reggie Corbin to their advantage, but also become more of a passing powerhouse and then stack up on these wide receivers. They have two four-stars, and you think they might lose one of them, but if they keep both of them, that can make such a difference in their offense in the next few years. Absolutely, and, and you think, too, um, how our wide receiver course have kind of been. It, it doesn't hurt to help or it doesn't hurt to add these guys to that wide receiving core that's already struggling. I know there's guys like Casey Washington who's just grabbed a lot of hype from training camp, but you still think like 
you know, Ricky Smalling had a bad year last year. There's some other guys who had some. Evan uh, Carter got hurt. Right. There were some guys that really struggled. We, we, I think we were top in drop rate. Yeah. Which is terrible. And if so. you can build up that depth too, and and it's not just depth of bodies, it's depth of four star recruits. That looks so much better, just in terms of withstanding injuries or or even just fatigue. Having more guys that are more capable, that you're not just sending in guys to run routes, but actually catch balls, make plays, make a difference in the game, that can make all the difference between a loss and a win. Yeah, and you, let's take a look at this um, this 2020 uh, recruiting class. You got the quarterback at as your number one recruit, C.J. Dixon, uh, out of Georgia. James Frenchie is your number two. Jadon Thomas is your number three. Reggie Love, also from Trinity Catholic, um, at running back. Another and then two Reggie. offensive linemen. Yeah. So... This offense is really stacking up, but it does make me worry just a little bit about the defense. I was just going to say the same thing. It's awesome to see that they're stacking up on on uh, offensive weapons because you need to score a lot of points if you want to win games in the Big Ten. But there's also another part of the game that you can't forget, and that's stopping people. Illinois gave up 63 points to Iowa last year, and I think they set the Big Ten record for points allowed. You gotta you gotta shore up on the defense before you worry about trying to compete with those teams. Yeah, and there's some big defensive guys coming up that um, I think the Illini are really looking out for. Number one in Denver Warren, uh, the guy out of Chicago, another Chicago guy would be an absolutely huge recruit if you get John Thomas and Denver Warren in this one. But the number one guy on defense that we want to get is uh, Antonio Johnson out of East St. Louis. If, if we get him, that is a game-changer for Illinois recruiting, specifically in St. Louis. That is our new Chicago. That's that's where we'll recruit out of. Yeah, and, and like you said, we really have had good success in St. Louis in the past, so that, that should just hopefully springboard to more success in St. Louis and then using this new facility kind of get back a hold of Chicago, and then you've got two really good outlets to send good athletes to Illinois, and, and that's a good recipe to set it. Illinois up for success not only now but in the future yeah so we'll see how they uh and and if they can get these some of these guys but like Antonio Johnson's got offers from A&M Tennessee Alabama Georgia and uh hopefully you know Corey Patterson's the guy who's recruiting him you know St. Louis guy hopefully we can continue to pull away after after the Luke Ford um uh get to get some of these guys because yeah. man, it's it's been uh, it's been clutch to have Corey Patterson. I agree. Anyways, all right, let's get into our next segment. We got an interview with Andy Fisher. Thanks uh, to Anthony Pasquale. Yeah, that was a great interview. Andy's a great guy. Uh, he's been really helpful for me in terms of writing for the Champagne Room and getting getting quotes, like being somebody to talk to. But um, I was able to stay in contact with him, kind of through the process of him getting undrafted and then signing with the Reds and playing in the Reds organization. He's actually on the same team as Brent Spillane now, the Dayton Dragons, and he was off to a great start in the minor leagues. He won the Reds Award for Pitcher of the Month in July, so I thought it would be a good time to kind of try to connect with him and interview him, and uh, they had a day game on Sunday, and then after the game he said, uh, I'm free around this time, so I gave him a call, and uh, here's how it turned out. Hope you guys enjoy it. Now we welcome Andy Fisher to Oski Talk. Thanks for joining us, Andy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Last year for the Illinois baseball team, Andy pitched to the tune of a 2.75 ERA and a 7-1 record. 
He was the only Illini pitcher with 100 innings pitched, and he led the team in strikeouts with 95. Andy, how's all that sound? That sounds pretty good right now. I uh, <laughs> never really imagined those kinds of numbers, so it's, uh, it's pretty cool to hear. What was the best part of pitching for Illinois? Oh, goodness. Um, probably the pitching coach, Drew Dickinson. He's he's one of a kind. Uh, he just brings an incredible sense of energy and makes pitching just even more fun because he gets as excited as you on the mound. So when you come into the dugout after a good inning, getting pumped up from him, it's it's pretty cool. I like, I like throwing with him a lot. So you're currently playing for the Dayton Dragons, which is a team affiliated with the Cincinnati Reds. So how did Illinois baseball prepare you for this? Um, they did a good job of instilling that things are going to be done the right way. Um, here in pro ball, it's a little different where things are done on your own most of the time. There's not always a coach, you know, watching over your shoulder to make sure that you're putting in the work you need to. So... Being with Dan Harlow, Drew Dickinson, and uh, Jeff Dolan at Illinois, they make sure all the time that you're doing things the right way. And then if you're not doing them the right way, they're going to you know, let you hear about it and make sure that things change. So just being able to do that on my own now, I think that's really helped me prepare for every single day when you know I could be pitching any day. So it kind of helps keep me on track, and they did a good job of helping with that. Uh, what's the hardest part? Because you started pretty much every Friday game all season long this year, and now you're kind of working out of the bullpen a little bit. What, what's that transition like from starter to a, a reliever in just a matter of months? Yeah, it's it's been pretty weird. Um, so when I got to Greenville, my first minor league team, I was a reliever there, and then I had to start there and then started in Dayton once, and then went back to the pen. So... The trickiest thing is finding a, a good routine that works for you. I was in the bullpen a lot at Eastern Illinois when I was there, so I know kind of what to do as a reliever, but going back and forth, it's hard to you know get a set routine and your body feels off all the time. So the biggest thing is honestly just taking care of yourself. If you're screwing around off the field, your body's going to feel beat up, and those days that you should be thrown out of the pen your your arm's gonna feel pretty bad so it's uh it's a lot different i actually like throwing out of the pen a lot because you can just come in and throw your best stuff you don't have to mess around at all but it is it is tough kind of taking care of your arm to be ready for every single day but it's something that i think i've, I've gotten used to and are there days where it's like hey andy you're not gonna go today you can kind of take the day off how how do those days separate from the ones where you don't know if you're gonna play so most days, I assume I'm going to play. They let you know if you're up or down, down meaning you're not going to pitch that day. But that really only happens the day after you've relieved already or if you threw a bunch of innings, then you might get you know two or three days off. So it's, it's kind of tough, but you know when you pitch once that you can go kind of hard in the weight room the next day and you can play long toss. You, your arm doesn't have to be ready to throw that night. But those days don't come too often. Even uh, even at lower levels like this where they're trying to take care of your arm, there's only so many guys on a team. So everyone needs to be ready to go almost every night. Two seasons ago, Illinois was led by Brent Spillane. I believe he won the College Player of the Year award that season and then went into the Cincinnati Reds organization, and now you're currently on the same team as Spillane. What's that kind of reunion been like for the two of you? Oh, it's 
been great. He's been he's been real helpful with everything. He's he's been with the Dragons for a while now, so he knows, you know, the places to go, the things to do. So it's helpful just knowing that I have someone I can turn to when I don't know, you know, what to do, whether it's um, just like walking around the locker rooms or even just, you know, places around Dayton that I should <laughs> should go visit or I should stay away from. It's it's been nice having him around. Uh, we're we're friends, so it's been it's been nice just to even talk about all the other Illini and how they're doing. It's I, I like having him around. Unfortunately, he got hurt the first day I got here, so he's been it's been out since then. But hopefully, he's coming back soon. And with the Dayton Dragons, you've had eight appearances according to the stats that I checked before I called you, and a three and two record with a one eight ERA. All those numbers seem very good to me, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely better than I expected. That's that's for sure. But I, I don't know. I just want to keep it going, you know. But at the same time, the, the arm could use a break, so I'm looking forward to getting to the off season. And you pitched so well in the month of July that you earned the Reds Minor League Pitcher of the Month award. How did that feel? That was that was incredible. Um, honestly, I thought I had no shot at that. I didn't even know it was an award until they told me. But to be the best minor league pitcher in their organization is phenomenal. I never could have expected that. Uh, I told myself when I got drafted, I'm just going to throw my best pitch until people start to hit it. And I guess for the month of July, they, uh, they couldn't hit it that well. So hopefully that keeps going. And in that month, you appeared in six games between the Greenville Reds and the Dragons, and you pitched to a .36 ERA in 25 innings, only allowing 12 hits, gave up just one run, and struck out 27. That'll play anywhere. It, it really will. And one of the things I was wondering is, is that just an accolade on social media, or what do you, what do you get when you receive that award? So it's kind of funny, actually. When I got the uh, Pitcher of the Week award for my one start in Dayton, they gave me a $25 gift card, like a little, little bonus thing. Um, <laughs> I'm still waiting for, uh, you know, four of those for the Pitcher of the Month, but <laughs> I don't know. No, they sent me a uh, – the president of the Reds actually sent a nice letter to me, and the uh, Booster Club here made a little trophy, so that's cool. But there's a uh, – it's, it's kind of – just an accolade, but at the same time, it's a little bit of job security, especially someone who is undrafted, and it's nice to, just nice to be recognized for, uh, I don't know, just grinding away, I guess. Yeah, you mentioned being undrafted. We followed for the, uh, the Champagne Room, we followed the draft pretty closely, and all of us were surprised to not see your name come up. So you find yourself in the Reds organization now after going undrafted. And I wonder, does not being drafted serve as motivation to you in any way? Definitely, yeah, to a point. Um, so, yeah, I also was, you know, a little bit surprised and really disappointed I didn't get drafted. So to be doing well and not having been drafted, it kind of, you know, fuels the fire a little bit. Like, hey, maybe, uh, maybe someone should have taken a better look at me, but... I think that once you get to this point, just being in pro ball at all, the draft status doesn't matter quite as much anymore. Um, it's not like guys know exactly where their teammates were drafted or how much money they signed for that. That doesn't really matter too much in the locker room. I'm not sure about upstairs in the front office, but the guys here, if you can play, you can play. That's that's all they care about. So 
hopefully the, the not being drafted doesn't hurt me too much and it does add a little bit of fuel to my fire yeah and what's the process after not going or not being drafted to ending up with the reds how how do you negotiate or trying to get yourself a, a deal to play for a team after not being called in the draft mm-hmm. um so the day after the draft is a big like senior sign day for guys who didn't get drafted but still should be playing pro ball um if teams need to fill up their rosters they'll give a call out to a guy maybe if they need an arm in arizona or the florida league um so i texted uh coach dickinson i was like hey today is the day right like if i don't get signed right now like it probably won't happen and said yeah I'm, i still can't believe you didn't get drafted at all but today would be the day and while i was just trying to kill time and keep my mind off of things uh i think drew sent out an email to some people and one of them i think happened to be a red scout i, I really don't know the full story myself but i was on a bike ride just trying to kill time and blow off some steam and i had my phone ringer all the way up and got a call from a, a red scout and there's a, when you're undrafted, there's no negotiation at all. You just take whatever they give you. So obviously I said yes, and then I kind of just filtered in right with all the other draft guys, went to Arizona, got evaluated, and got sent out to other teams. So it really seems like Coach Drew was a huge part in not only your development as a pitcher, but actually becoming a pro player. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to thank him many, many times. And I know Quinn Sefstick, who was drafted by the Reds also, he put in a good word for me when the scout called him about me. So I have I have a lot owed to them to just be in pro ball at all. What uh, MLB team did you grow up cheering for? I was a, I was a White Sox fan. <laughs> so is it odd being a member of the Reds in that sense? It is, yeah. Um, since I did grow up in Ohio, I'm familiar with the Reds and all the players, so I do find myself looking more at the Reds now than I do the White Sox. Um, <laughs> not that I'm looking that much at all, because we play at the same time as them, so things are a little bit busy for that, but it is weird. I'm trying not to root for the, the Sox too much anymore, but they were my childhood team, so it's you can't completely turn away but I guess since the Sox in the AL rather than the NL I can have two favorite teams for now yeah if if you if you come home nobody in the room and both games are on which one are you turning on the Sox oh gosh oh what year is it is it next year when the Sox are winning the World Series oh wow Sox (laughs) winning the World Series next year no no (laughs) the Reds will be there in a couple years too we've got a lot of good young talent um Right now, I'm probably turning on the Reds game, honestly. I want to see uh, see if there's a spot for me up there in a couple of years. And who has been your inspiration in your career? Oh, goodness. I mean, my dad instilled the love of the game in me. Um, he loved it his whole life. And though he uh, never got to the same level I did, he has loved every minute of it and has kind of been living through me a bit. So... I'd probably have to list him. Um, but growing up, I loved watching Mark Burley pitch. Just guy with, you know, mid to upper 80s stuff, left-handed. Felt like I could kind of model myself after him a little bit. And he was he was good just to watch and know that, you know, he don't have to throw 98 to play professional baseball. And it, it kind of seems like you take that mold. I think the more 
Uh, more current guy that you could picture is uh, Kyle Hendricks, but going back to Burley as a left-hander too, it really does seem like you kind of took his game and molded it into your own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I still need to work on a changeup. That's something I've been working on for years. But out of the pen here, yeah, even though I throw soft, I try to mix it up and just hit spots. That's, yeah, same as Burley, same as Hendricks. They just have uh, a little nastier stuff than I do at this point. And with the off season somewhat approaching for you, you'll head into next year, your first season away from Illinois baseball. What will you miss most? Just being around all the guys. That's something you can't replace. You have 30, 35 best friends any any time of the day, and they're 10 minutes away or less. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss that. Um, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about this yet. So it's going to be sad, but. I still have some teammates here, I guess, so (laughs) I'll be all right. Yeah, that's a good point, and I think that's all the time we have here today for this little interview. Thanks for uh, joining us, Andy. Yeah, no problem, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Good luck the rest of this season and the rest of your career in the Reds organization or wherever your career takes you. Appreciate it. I'm going to keep throwing as long as I can. That was an interview with Andy Fisher, pitcher for the Dayton Dragons. Uh, big thank you to Andy for uh, t- doing this interview. I know he's been awesome so far in the minor leagues, and what a great interview, Anthony. I'm hoping for nothing but success for Andy in the future, um, whether it's with the Reds, the White Sox, or whatever team he ends up playing for. And that seems to be about all the time we have here today on Oski Talk. For Patrick Hadazone, I'm Anthony Pasquale. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again on Thursday.